Thank you for joining us to discuss sustainability in our industry today. The last few months have been very disruptive for all of us, but especially our industry. And moving forward, there are many things we need to be mindful of, and, important, and an important initiative is maintaining sustainability. I'm Jennifer Squelia, an FICP Board of Director, and I'm honored today to be joined by two professionals who are not only great talents in the events industry, but also truly passionate about sustainability. So it's an honor for me today uh, to welcome our panelists. First is Margaret Garcia, who is an event planner with corporate event management for the Farmers Group based in California, and Courtney Lohman, uh, the Director of Corporate Social Responsibility for PRA, and she's uh, based just outside of Atlanta. Margaret and Courtney, thank you for joining us today, and I'd love for you both to share a quick snapshot of your background and also define what sustainability means to you, both as a professional and a person. Uh, Margaret, can we start with you, please? Sure, sounds good. Thanks, Jen. Um, I've been in the industry for about 25 years, and 22 years of that I've been with farmers as an event planner. Um, we've got a, a team of seven that plan over 175 meetings annually, ranging from 20 to 5,000 attendees and all across the country and a little bit international. And I'm active in MPI as well as FICP. And um, I just love our industry and what it, what it means and, and what it does for us and for the economy. Um, and over the past few years, I've become more aware of bringing sustainability into our meetings. And you know, it's not like a checklist that you say, okay, I'm not using single-use plastics, we're using less paper, so you know we're saving a tree, um, or the trend of the moment. And the sustainability is about being aware that you have an impact locally and globally on the environment, the community, the population, um, and you know it's not someone else's problem. We all need to take action on it. And as an event planner, it's even more important to bring sustainability into the forefront. When we bring groups of people together, we need to decide if we want to have a positive or a negative impact on the world. And you know, becoming more aware of this professionally has led me to look at it in my personal life as well. So I think all around, it's, it's been a positive for me. Oh, that's amazing, Margaret. I mean, I think it's, it's on all of us, right? It, it impacts all of us. So right. uh, I think I, um, I love your passion, uh, not only to our industry, but to that as well. And speaking of passionate, Courtney, um, I'd love to hear from you. Tell us a little bit about your background, and, um, and your energy is contagious. Tell us also what sustainability means to you. Well, thanks for having me, Jennifer. I'm, I'm excited to be here today uh, talking with you guys. I love my, my background is I've got about 21 years in the industry and I've done a little bit of everything. I actually started in outdoor festivals um, and then sort of started to weave my way through all the different aspects of our industry. So I've done trade shows and um, you know marketing activations and I've been the, the internal corporate meeting planner and then kind of landed in this DMC world, which I absolutely love. Um, and in many ways feel like I, I now get to combine all of my parents together on a daily basis. Um, and then through the progression of all of that, I'm, I'm that constant learner. And I wanted to push myself to see how we could really take the industry to, to different levels 
And that's when I landed and found sustainability and really found like I found my people. Um, and so I started first as, as just a, a learner trying to absorb as much information as I could um, and understand how sustainability applies to our industry and then, you know, have moved into really being um, an activator and an advocate for sustainability in our industry and hoping that we can, we can all make change and we can all make a positive impact. Um, so at PRA, I now get to lead um, all of our CSR and sustainability efforts internally. Um, so kind of how we're changing our business operations as well as, um, as, as what we're working with our employees on and different programs and things that we're, we're looking to put in place. And then also helping to work externally with our clients to help them implement as many things as, as they can at their events. So it's a really fun and dynamic role. It's very exciting. Um, and it's, it's, it's fun to get to this point in your career, I think, where, um, where you're able to use kind of an, all your knowledge that you've, you've gained over the years and really start to implement it into some, some interesting ways. Um, as far as sustainability, I, I often joke that I am an old soul hippie, um, and I can tell some very funny stories about um, you know, growing up and in, in approaches that my my mom just had in life in general that I think have have ultimately set the tone for um, where I am today. And uh, and I think I think what it really boils down to is that for me, sustainability is all about responsibility. Um, and then you add responsibility and longevity together, and that's how it really brings you back to sustainability. So whether you're looking at things in your personal life, whether you're looking at, um, you know, how you live day to day, how the environment um, around you is thriving, um, how you're planning your events, where most industries are going and how they're going to be able to continue to evolve. It all comes back to this concept of sustainability. And it's a, it's a really dynamic place for our industry to be because our industry is so broad across the globe and we can have such an impact that I think if we all were to spend just a little bit of our time focused on sustainability, the impact would just be so grand. So um, that kind of that kind of sums it all up for me. <laughs> well, that's fantastic, and I think um, you know the activator and advocate those really jumped out at me. Um, we're all advocates, right? So um, that leads me kind of to my first. You know, let's let's get started. It leads me to my first question. You know, the events industry has made decent progress, I think, in the last few years with sustainability. Um, with the global pandemic and the concerns about, you know, germs and viruses spreading, do you think this will force us to take a step back? Um, or, you know, as you said, you just mentioned, Courtney, you know, all the little things kind of add to the big, big picture. So, Courtney, I'm going to start with you. What are your thoughts on that? What, tell, us, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I think the I, I think the initial reaction to a lot of this, even even as I I've, I've discussed some of it with my 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 you know, smaller sustainability professional circle, is that is that a lot of us kind of were were taken aback and said, oh my goodness, all this work we we pushed forward so far, and now it feels like we're going to take you know 150 steps back. But I you know as I I took the time to sort of absorb. What's happening right now, and some of the some of the things that are changing. Um, probably a, a, an easy example would be to talk about a lot of the single use or single serve type items that are reappearing, um, you know, through this pandemic and whatnot. Um, is that while yes, those things are happening, we still are we're still planning our events, and we're still we're still implementing all the pieces of our events. 
It's just that some of them may be in a more singular form than we would like. And so what we really need to do is sort of shift and refocus maybe into some of the other areas of our events where we feel as though we can push forward a little bit more with some of our sustainability efforts. So while, while there is kind of like that in the forefront moment of realizing that we're going to probably create a little additional waste, um, I think if we can refocus and really think through some of the other steps in our process, we'll find ourselves in a really good balance um, as we kind of move through this interesting time that we're in today. You know, the other thing is too, a lot of our single serve type items, the, the industry that's, that's producing those type of items, those industries are also all pushing forward with sustainability in mind, right? So we, we don't only have a choice of everything has to be single use plastic. There are a lot of other options that are out there that are you know, compostable options or biodegradable options or what have you. So I think it's a really good time for us to take a minute and step back, engage with our suppliers, engage with our partners, start to have some open conversations and a little bit better understanding where, where we can land on all of these different pieces. And so it, you know, it's, it's a deep breath moment. Maybe it's a really nice way to summarize it, right? <laughs> yeah, oh, I, that's well said, a deep breath moment. And um, I've even noticed, you know, long before, you know, in the last couple of years, you see a lot more like bamboo plates, uh, silverware that's like made with corn, you know, that's more compostable. I mean, it's just really, there have been a lot of strides made and I, I, I really don't think we'll lose momentum. So, oh, absolutely. Um, thank, yeah, there's, thanks there's, so much. Oh, you're welcome. Go there's, ahead, please. There's even something like strange that's, um, uh, I believe, I believe it's, it's, it's like being, it, it's being, it's coming out of Australia. I don't know that it's been released, but there's been talk about how they're, working to move even um, the meals and things that you get on an airplane so that the container itself is actually edible. I mean, it's crazy that the, the, the innovation that comes, and especially times like this, the innovation that comes out of needs for, for behaviors to shift. Um, I think we will all see a lot of positive that comes out of, of this moment in time, and we'll be able to implement a lot of change in our programs. Because um, like you said, there's a lot of options currently, and I think more are going to be on the way. Yeah, and I mean, think about it. I really do feel that this global pandemic has kind of created a reset button in a lot of ways. And I'm really blown away of how innovative we as an industry have come together with even just like, obviously sustainability being a big one, but even just things like going, doing things virtually. I mean, who knew? You know, it's just, it kind of blows my mind, you know? Right. So, um, uh, so Margaret, you know, as a meeting professional and a seasoned one at that, you're incredible. Um, one of your best practices when you're partnering with a hotel, and this is pre-pandemic and will obviously continue, is that you ask about their protocols for sustainability and you kind of toot that horn to your attendees. Can you talk a little bit about like what your best practices are for that, um, how you approach a hotel, some of the success stories you've had, how you share that information with your, uh, your attendees? Because obviously it's, it's top of mind not just for our industry but for everyone. Right. No, definitely. You, you definitely need to be proactive and have the sustainability just worked into your RFP, like all your other questions about construction, management, you know, all those other questions. Put a, a question in there about what are your sustainability practices? What are you implementing at the hotel um, to, to take care of that? Um, you know, and now it's even more important when we get into meeting again, I know in this COVID-19 environment, you know, what 
changes have you made to continue your sustainability practices? Are there, you know, are you doing more recycling? Are you doing more composting or, you know, whatever the situation? But as Courtney said, there are ways that we can, you know, need to look at it and continue these practices and maybe shift the, the where, how we're looking at them, but to continue it and not to drop it just because, oh my gosh, we have to use single-use bottles again, oh well. Um, you know, and what we started doing too is adding a sustainability section to our um, event app for on-site so that um, we're bringing, trying to bring it to the forefront of the attendees as well. So whatever the hotel's list of um, you know what they're doing we add that to this to the um, sustainability section to make the attendees aware that the hotel is you know trying to do something to help in this movement and that we're aware of it too and then we also you know it's not just about single use or things like that it's also about since we're coming into the um, you know the areas that we come into how can we give back to the local economy which is an important part as well so we've been doing corporate social responsibility activities um, at our registration so that there's a give back element and the attendees love it, you know, and we try to pick a, a, um, an organization that's local to the area so that it has even more meaning. Um, and having a representative there too really helped to talk about what they're doing with the attendees. Um, and that was a you know, really good thing that we're probably going to continue implementing in the future. Um, and you know, we also highlight the four main pillars of sustainability, the environment, economic, social, and culture, um, and try to find something in each of those areas that we can highlight when we're on site. That's awesome. And I, I imagine that your attendees respond so positively to that. Yes, yes. You know, and they're, and they're yeah. starting to talk about, you know, do we need this bag? Does everybody need a journal? And I love journals and notebooks and pens, but, um, you know, do they really, does everybody really need that? Is there another way they can do it? You know, most of the event apps now have notes section where you could just take notes in the app. Um, and then you have all right. your information for that meeting in one place. So, you know, it's rethinking how, it's not doing the same thing just because we've done it every, excuse me, every event in the past. It's thinking about how can we evolve and and move forward to make it a, a better meeting for all and and yeah Margaret, oh, i'm sorry i'm sorry jennifer if i can no, jump in real quick no, I want to say, Courtney. margaret um <laughs> i love i love 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 how you you you're talking about your intent attendee engagement i think it's such a big piece you know when i oftentimes as i'm talking with people and 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 we're we're going through the motion of how to start to implement sustainability um, you know, you, you're creating change at your event, and, and most people don't like change, and so if you're, not, if you're not communicating well out to your attendees and you're not engaging your attendees with your overall sustainability plan, then a lot of times it falls flat, and then you see things on like a post-event survey that are negative comments or what have you when you feel as though you've done something really positive. And so I right. think it, it's such a key that you mentioned that you're you're including it in the app and you're encouraging participation. I just I would assume I don't know if it, you what you have cut off the top of your head, but I would assume that you've probably gotten really good survey results when you're talking about your sustainability efforts because you're engaging everyone up, up front. Right. Right. No. Definitely. And and it's just it's it's including everyone. And since every you know it's kind of coming to the forefront in everybody's mind, 
um, we want to be proactive about it and not have the attendees come and what are you doing about this or why are you doing this? It's like, here, look at and And then we're also trying to promote the hotel's um, part in it too. So it's the full circle of, you know, supplier, the organizer, the attendee, um, getting everybody involved and, and making them aware that, oh yeah, the hotel is taking note and trying to do something about it. It's all about all about the partnership for the goals, right? Exactly. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Yeah. It takes all of us. So yeah, that's I love full circle because think about when we plan events. I mean, it's a full circle of partners who work together to create this, and that absolutely applies to everything, and particularly sustainability, because it's something we all have in common. We're all citizens of this planet, right? So um, that's that's really cool. And I, Courtney, thank you for mentioning that, because it's a really good point. It's all about communication, working together. Um, look, Courtney, I'd love your help. Can you define carbon offset um, and maybe reference a couple you know, examples of that? Maybe with transportation or, or something like that. Yeah, I'm 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 gonna actually I'm gonna I'll define two things here for you, Jennifer, just because I, I feel like it's really good to have them kind of go hand in hand. Um, yep. So so kind of on the it's it's like the, the front end of it is the, the carbon footprint. And so we hear this term a lot or or perhaps in you know internally you're having discussions and you're you're being mandated things like that says you have to reduce your carbon usage and you're thinking to yourself. I, I don't even understand where to begin, right? So your your carbon footprint is essentially the amount of greenhouse gases that um, you're, you're creating or producing, so to speak, that are being released back out into the atmosphere. So it can be through any type of activity. Everything essentially sort of produces carbon um, back out into the atmosphere. But it's, try to think about it from, from what your what your attendee experience is all the way through your event and how how they may be releasing um, carbon back into the atmosphere throughout the life cycle of the event. So you know they they step onto an airplane, then they step into a, a bus to come from the airport to the venue, and then they're eating certain types of foods while they're there, and then the venue is being cooled. Um, you know, with their AC unit or heated with, with their heating units or what have you, the light bulbs that are on, the AV equipment that you're utilizing, that you know, they're watching videos from, all of those little pieces of your event, they all, they all will down into kind of their own sort of carbon footprint that, that, that can be assigned a measurement so that you can then come to a sum total of how your your event has an entire carbon footprint. And then on the flip side, your carbon offset is how you're countering your, your footprint on the front end. So your carbon offset is a way for you to look at how you can reduce the amount of carbon you begin with, meaning that um, and maybe right now is a really good example. You know, we're talking that in the near future, a lot of our meetings are going to be more of a regional-based meeting versus a national or international type of meeting. So you're, you may have people flying less or they're taking shorter flights or perhaps they're only going to drive into the location where their meeting is going to take place. And so whereas at, at you, you may have had X number of miles of, of flight miles that you would have to, to – assessing your carbon footprint, you're reducing that number way back down. So now your carbon footprint is already much smaller. 
You can also carbon offset by making different choices when it comes to things like food and beverages. Um, you can reduce uh, your carbon offset by, by taking a program, like a CSR-related type of program, and implementing an activity at your event. Um, I am, like, my, my current favorite one to consider or something to think about is that when you, when you look at your centerpieces that you're utilizing on your tables, um, oftentimes they are fresh-cut flowers. Those flowers are typically grown far away from your venue, many times internationally, um, and those flowers are, are grown, they're flown in, they are then arranged, and then they're put into a vehicle, and then they are delivered to your event. There are many people involved in that process. There's several different types of transportation involved in that process. So your beautiful arrangement that's on your table has a massive carbon footprint. So instead, maybe consider utilizing live plants somehow on your, as part of your centerpiece or talk to your partners about utilizing live plants. Um, there's a lot of different options and different ways you can go with this. Some of those plants can be reusable, um, you know, perhaps at a, at a different event or take those, those plants, turn them into a project where the day after you use them as your centerpiece, you actually have your group go out into the community and create some kind of community garden um, or community growing project out of those plants and give those things a second life where they're then producing something positive in the community where you are. So there's a lot of different angles you can take, and there are so many different ideas that are out there. But that's essentially what we're looking at from a, from a carbon standpoint, and then how you can start to examine every piece of your event. Oh, I love that, the thought of like taking a live plant and then planting a garden in the community. That is just so cool. Yeah. Um, I, thank I you for that. I, go I ahead, was going to say, I've even seen, you know, like using herbs or um, types mm -hmm. of grasses, you know, for the centerpieces and having a more natural, um, like, wood or, you know, different containers um, to kind of have, help it blend in and not be so, you know, extravagant, depending on what the event is. Yeah, absolutely. Succulents are another great way to go, um, mm -hmm. I, you know, especially in certain markets. Um, I mean, succulents grow so well in, in, in many different areas in the U.S., and it's, it's a they're beautiful. They, they come out and sit on the table and have just such a lovely presence with because with, they're, they're really colorful. I think may, if you're not familiar with them, you may not know, but there's a lot of color there and it's just really pretty. And then that's something that can be replanted and reused and, and continue its life beyond the event, which is nice. Yeah, I mean, and the nice thing about succulents, they're pretty low maintenance. Uh, for someone who's not, like, the most avid gardener, that's a big plus as well. <laughs> Absolutely. So a lot of like me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Margaret, tell me, you, you had mentioned this really cool website the other day. Can you, um, I think it's called myeventfootprint.com. It kind of ties in with what Courtney was saying, and I know it's something that you've used in the past. Can you, can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, no, it's a great segue into this because it, it just takes into account everything that Courtney was, you know, defining and describing. Um, this website, myeventfootprint.com, it, it's for um, before you go to the event, you can do this, and it takes you through the event journey before you go on-site and after, and it um, measures the attendees' impact on the environment. So it has a series of questions like who would think that, you know, packing one less pair of shoes would have an impact? 
<laughs> but you know, uh, you know, do you um, are you bringing and using a reusable water bottle? Um, are you walking from the hotel to your event instead of taking transportation? Um, you know, did you choose a vegetarian option over a beef for one meal? So it has this whole series of questions, and then at the end, it'll tell you what your impact was on the, um, you know, water, energy, and emissions. So it'll tell you, you know, for water, you saved enough to fill 10 bathtubs, you know, by, by doing what you were doing, or, um, you know, by walking or taking public transportation, versus taxi or, you know, uh, ride share, um, you know, that's enough to take a car off the road for 200 miles. So it, gives, it, it puts it into perspective and to real life so that it shows people, wow, this does have an impact. And together, if you have 400 people at an event and, you know, each one's having an impact of saving, you know, 10 bathtubs full of water, that adds up. So it, it shows them that it does have an effect and what they do counts and like you were saying you know each person makes the whole so that will help us you know to to continue with sustainability and to offset the carbon usage yeah yeah and margaret it's like it, it's super cool because it also gives it gives you like the as a as a planner, it gives you the easy way to pull together your metrics, which then you can also push back out to your attendees and say, look, as a group, here's what we were able to save, here's what we were able to accomplish, which motivates people to be more involved as you continue your program from event to mm -hmm. event. So you said you do 175 or so a year, and I'm sure you have some repeat attendees, and so then you're able to kind of build upon that sustainability story, right? Right. Right, yeah, and I was thinking even, you know, this would be great to include on the um, event app because, we, you know, you usually release the app, you know, a week or so before the event, and, you know, people could do that, and it's fun. I mean, it's, it's a, a fun um, little journey that in infographics, and, and, it, and it tells a basic story about what this means to sustainability. So I think it would be fun, and then, like you say, Courtney, we could, you know, capture that information, hopefully, or even add this, you know, something about this to surveys for the event. Oh, yeah. for sure, for sure. I, yeah, yeah it, it all, it all to me circles back to the engagement piece with our attendees, and, mm -hmm. and the more that we have them on board, and the, and honestly, the the more we have them on on board, the more they may also implement in their personal lives, and then and then they think about it, and as they're coming to your next event, they're already prepped and ready, and they're. They're saying to themselves, like, they've already planned what's going in their suitcase. They don't even need to look at the app, right? Like, they're already on top of it, which is what's really exciting. Right, right. Yes. Now, again, it's not just about, you know, um, the companies or whoever's putting on the event or the hotel's responsibility. It's everybody's. And I think that's kind of the piece that we need to highlight more, that the attendees have a part in this as well. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's awesome that you guys are taking such a proactive approach. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. Um, you know, it, it makes sense. And, you know, as a company, we're, you know, trying to set standards and, and, you know, within our company. So we figure we would, you know, carry it on to our events as well. Yeah. Well, I, I will say that one of my favorite aspects of an event is food and beverage. And Courtney, you touched on this a little bit before, um, you know, when 
sometimes I think planners are like, where do I start, right? And obviously, Margaret, uh, both of you have just uh, provided such amazing examples and resources so far. And, and so as kind of our last discussion point, I really want to talk about food and beverage. Um, and Courtney, why don't we start with you? Give us some thoughts. I know you have a wonderful website that you want to share <clears throat> with our listeners. And Margaret, I know you have some great best practices as well uh, with, with your event. So Courtney, uh, let's start with you. Yeah, no problem. I, I always say to anyone who is looking to get started um, on sustainability and isn't sure where to start, that you start with food and beverage because it's, it's the gateway. It is, it's, it's tough for us to plan an event and, and that event not to have food and beverage, right? So if you sit down and think about all the events every year you plan, if, if nothing else, you're, you're putting out tea and coffee, right? So it's, <laughs> it's like you're, exactly. it's your, your kind of best place to start to tackle um, in terms of sustainability and really look at how you can create change. The other great thing when you look at, at um, your food and beverage is that not only are you going to create maybe some little waves with, um, with the, the types of food that you're going to put out, but you will you will quickly see that you make big waves from a carbon reduction, a water reduction, and a waste reduction standpoint. And so, it's a it's an area of your event that taps into three huge pieces of sustainability without you necessarily having to do like too much of a dramatic um, change with how you're actually planning. So, you know, some of my tips right now and things that are really hitting me right now in this moment is that um, when we, as we kind of step back during this time uh, that we're in, we're seeing that the effects of some of the pandemic, some of the effects are, are going to be some food shortages and that we aren't necessarily going to have access to everything that we've always had access to. Um, and so we, we probably need to, to go ahead and start to rethink what our menus have been and how our menus can change in, in the types of foods that are being put out and maybe the types of foods that it's time for us to move away from. And so when you, when you think about that, you know, I, I then jump to, okay, so the foods are going to change and attendees are going to start traveling again. And the most important thing that we need to think about for attendees right now is their health and safety. And if I think about health and safety, then I, I go to an internal personal viewpoint of, well, I need to make sure that my immunity is strong so that while I'm traveling, I can stay healthy and stay safe and, you know, fight off any types of germs or illnesses that I come in contact with. And then that drives down into what am I putting into my body while I'm traveling, which is all related to food and beverage. And so I kind of got into exploring this entire, entire idea of immune boosting foods and menus, which really landed me back onto a more um, plant forward type of menu practice. Um, or, you know, adding more um, fruits in there as well. Um, I, I tend to, to skew a little bit more vegetable, I think, just because of the, the types of meals that we typically serve. The vegetables, I think, give us that hardiness to help our attendees stay alert and active um, throughout our program agendas. But, um, but in the midst of all of this, I ran across a website called menusofchange.org. And if, if, you're, if you're a little bit into food, like I am, I mean, I absolutely love food, I suggest you make your cup of coffee or your cup of tea and you block your calendar for at least an hour because it's like the most amazing black hole of food ideas that you may ever come across. Um, and it, it's, not, it's not a complete jump into 
you can only put out something that's vegetarian or vegan. It's a really interesting look into how you minimize down uh, the different um, animal proteins and then how you boost your menus up with plant-forward ideas. There are great options in there if you're at that point where you're ready to fully dive into the vegetarian and vegan options. And the vegetarian and vegan options are absolutely amazing. Like if, if you have been wanting to do it, this is the website that will really help you kind of get over the finish line to implement something. It goes way beyond sort of our the basics that we've seen over the years where it feels like the vegetarian meal is a total afterthought and really gives you things that you can present forward and talk about. Um, I've shared the site with some, some different hotel chefs. They've loved it. It's just a really great conversation starter. Um, and will give you some of the knowledge and terms, I think, that can help you kind of jump into this, this side of your menu planning and really help you kind of shift and change um, maybe what you've been doing. Um, and so it's just, it's just one of my favorites. I'm also, you know, the other thing I think right now, um, I don't want to forget to mention is I think when we've talked about sustainability and food and beverage in the past, you know, we've talked about going local. Um, that, that term going local with food has, has really had like a, a huge variance in terms of distance. Some people say it's 100 miles. Some people say it's 250 miles. It's, you know, it's this, it's this sort of vague concept of what that looks like. Um, I think now more than ever, we're going to see the ability to engage with, with people that are producing foods very local to our destinations. Um, I, you know, I, I think when we engage with, with those local growers, um, whether that be an animal protein or whether that be um, vegetables and fruits and things, I think we're getting food brought to us that is just more nutrient rich because of, of how they're growing and how fresh it is when it arrives at the venue. And so I, I would encourage everyone to take a second look and really have some of those conversations as well and explore. Um, different options of, of foods that you wouldn't have necessarily thought of prior because I think we're really going to be able to go through a change here of building menus out that are, are very healthy for our attendees um, and, and keep them feeling really good while they're on site with us. Yeah, that's, that's a phenomenal point. And, you know, speaking of having conversations, Margaret, I know one of your best practices is really meeting with the chef and talking to them and um, and, you know, engaging them right, you know, from the beginning when you're starting mm -hmm. your planning. Can you, can you talk a little bit about that and some successes you've had? Sure, yeah, and, and we, we found that, in, including the chefs, they're very excited to do that, and um, I'm seeing more and more that the chefs will come out at the events, you know, at the dinner or the lunch or, you know, to see how the menu is being received and, and asking how things are going. So, you know, one, one thing that as a best practice is in both in pre-planning and at your pre-con, ask to meet with the chef. Many times they're very open to doing that and you can talk to them about, you know, immune boosting foods, plant-based, how, how can we incorporate, you know, those kinds of think things into the menu. And you don't have to just choose what's on there plan, you know, their printed menu. You know, most of the time, many are very open to customizing a menu for you. Uh, so, you know, definitely 
asking the question and, and, and bringing the chef into the fold as far as your pre-planning and on-site is definitely a plus. And, um, you know, and then it's also a healthy balance. Um, sometimes when people go on-site, they want to have that chocolate chip cookie because they, they eat healthy all the time. So I think, you know, instead of going too far to the, the side of, you know, we have only healthy foods, we need to have a healthy balance. You know, it's not, you know, chips and cookies all the time, but a mix so that you've got those, those healthy options and every now and then something a little, a little treat for people. Um, really, I think it will help to make the attendees feel like they're not being forced into something that they may not want to eat. So, um, you know, and as I mentioned, the customized menus, many times we'll take a menu and we'll customize it for what we want or you don't need to have four proteins on your buffet or you want to have a vegetarian option on the buffet versus just having, you know, well, they can eat the salad or the vegetables. Like, you know, Courtney was saying, sometimes the, the vegetarian options are kind of an afterthought. So we always make sure that, again, when talking with the chef, what are your vegetarian options? We want to make sure we're not just putting a plate of, you know, steamed vegetables in front of somebody for dinner while everybody else is having steak and, you know, fish or something. So it's very important to, to, um, to have the discussion. And again, it's engaging every, you know, all, all the different parts of the, um, the process into your planning and making sure that it works for you. Yeah, absolutely. And I know you have some really great success stories with just uh, like food, leftover food. Um, uh, can you talk about a couple of examples that you've had really wonderful uh, partnerships with some hotels you've worked with that have done really, uh, you know, done so many great things to eliminate food waste, as it were. Right. And and if you don't ask, you never would know know these these um these things that some of the hotels are doing. You know, one of the hotels we've worked with, they um, partner with an animal sanctuary or, or a zoo, or, or um, and they um, take their the leftover scraps and stuff, and they donate that for the the animals because and you know sometimes it's hard to donate the leftover food for um, rescue missions or homeless shelters because of liability. So you know with that at least they're making some use of it for the animals, and it's not just going to waste. Um, and also, I think one of the properties was also doing like a fast, uh, installing fast freeze um, system so that if there are leftover edible food, they can fast freeze it so that it doesn't spoil and then that can be donated to the, the rescue missions, the soup kitchens, so that it's going to the community to help, you know, the less fortunate. So there's so many um, things that the hotels are implementing that you never know about unless you ask. And, you know, I, I've also found that a lot of them are um, having beehives um, on site and they're making their own honey and using that too. So, um, and of course, many have their herb gardens that the kitchens use. Um, so it's, it, there's a lot of different things, but unless you ask, you'll never know. Yeah, and, and right, can I, I think, oh, I'm sorry, Jennifer, can I no, add one thing about no, food waste? No. Um, and, and food rescues, I think, um, you know, many, well, it was, I guess, 20, 2017, I think, is when I did my first food rescue, um, and I had a large group, and, um, and we did five days of breakfast. It was five days of 600 people buffet breakfast, and it wasn't until the last day that um, I made it down into the kitchen 
for the actual food pickup, I had wanted to meet the community partner, and it, you know, we all know how it, how it happens when we're planning, right? There, we're, we're pulled in 5,000 different directions. Then the last morning, I finally made it down um, into the kitchen so that I can meet the community partner, uh, which was a really special experience. I encourage everyone to do that if you have the opportunity. And, but the, the biggest takeaway that I realized is that I, I got down into the kitchen, I saw all the food that was being picked up, and, re and noticed that most of the bread that was being picked up were croissants. And so, you know, you put out a breakfast buffet and you have a couple of different types of breads that you have out. I, I turned and talked to the hotel team. I said, has this been like this every morning? Have, have, has our group not eaten croissants? And essentially the answer was, yeah, your, your group doesn't like croissants. The light bulb that went off just by doing a food audit that made me realize that moving forward, I could completely adjust how I set out different foods by auditing what my group wasn't eating. Um, it changes how you develop your, your budget for your menus because you may be able to put out items that are less expensive than other items. It changes how much waste you'll ultimately have on the back end, um, which would then change how much you're, you're looking at trying to donate. And the donation piece of it is great, but when you revert back to looking at your your carbon footprint, your water footprint, and your waste footprint, the less waste you have at the back end, the better. And so if you can get into the habit of trying to audit your groups and understand better what they're eating, you can have this amazing effect on your, your food overall and then what it looks like at the end of the event. That's a great idea. I, I hadn't even thought of that, but then you can adjust ahead of time. Like if you go down on the first or second day, Oh, absolutely. You yeah. know, you can adjust and, and then it's not being wasted. If they're not eating it, let's take that off and, you know, just have the bagels and the muffins or something. So um, that's a great idea. And another thing with the waste, too, it's not just about food waste. If, you know, if you do have centerpieces with florals and things like that, mm -hmm. um, are there nursing homes or hospitals mm -hmm. or, you know, is there somewhere you can donate those afterwards, too? Because, absolutely. you know, um, most of the time the attendees are coming from, they're flying or whatever, and they don't want to take centerpieces if, you know, the, the option is there for the attendees to take a centerpiece. So working with the, the DMC, you can ask, is there anywhere that you, those can be donated as well? Yep, absolutely, I agree. There's, a, there's so many things. We could talk for hours, Margaret. I know. <laughs> <laughs> there is, once well, you get I mean, going, you realize yeah. there are so many different levels. Um, that you can think about that just never come to you know you think about food and that's it and then there's all these different these different um, areas that you can do something about so yeah it could go on and on and on yeah <laughs> well I I want to just thank you both for your your energy your passion your commitment and I think you've left our listeners with numerous actionable, easy, easily actionable ideas that they can do and implement right away to create a, a better environment for all of us. And I wanted to just um, reiterate uh, two websites that were mentioned throughout the podcast. Uh, one is myeventfootprint.com, and the other one is menusofchange.org. Just in case those were missed during the conversation, I just wanted to to reemphasize those and you know Margaret and Courtney it's just such an honor to have this conversation with you I think you know we're all global citizens we all have responsibility and we're all advocates for sustainability and you've really 
shown us uh, easy things that we can do to make a difference right away. So I thank you very much for your time and your energy today. I thank our audience for listening, and we hope that this has been helpful to you. And we appreciate your support of FICP and your engagement as a member. So thank you very much, and have a good day.